Welcome back to the Athlete Maestro podcast, guys. The athlete development podcast that helps young athletes break their mental and physical limitations in sports and also learn the business side of sports. I'm your host, Tola Ogunlewe, and this is episode 634. It's always crazy until it's done. Mastery takes learning and losses are part of the story. one of the most influential athletes in track and field history he literally changed the face of high jump as we know it today he's also an olympic champion today on the show american great dick fosbury if you watch high jump today and you see the way athletes leap over the bar just know that what you are watching is a technique that dick Fosbury invented. I'm sure you're wondering, many of you who are listening to this now, that what do you mean by he invented it? That's how we've always known that high jumpers jump. Well, that's not the case. That single technique that would send him into the history books for all the right reasons. The move became known as the Fosbury flop. You see, the way athletes had always leaped over the bar in high jump was belly down over the bar. While with the Frosby flop, uh, it was back down over the bar. So literally, the first style, the athletes would leap with their bellies facing the bar. So face down over the bar. Whereas with the Frosby flop, it's, it's what you know today in terms of using your back to go over the bar. Before this world-renowned technique, Fosbury was just a regular boy who loved high jump. The technique uh, that high jumpers used at the time to cross the bar was called the straddle method. Frosby had great difficulty in adjusting his body to fit the style. Rather than complain or change sports, he started working on a different technique, something that made him a little bit more comfortable in executing his technique. Frosby would tweak his new technique several different times until he found something that worked. He became known as the Fosbury flop. Fosbury would go on to attend Oregon State University where in his sophomore year he would clear 6 feet 10 inches destroying the school's current record. In 1968 he won the first of his two NCAA titles using this new technique. That same year he also won the US Olympic trials and was headed to Mexico City to show the world his new technique. You would think that with the little success he had had and the adoration and the popularity that was growing, he would rest on his laurels. No, he continued to work and refine the technique, learning more and more about it with each passing day. At the 1968 Olympic Games, he came home with the gold medal and the Olympic record of 2.24 meters. He would return to college to win another NCAA title before graduating. Today, almost every single high jumper uses the first brief flop and it's the most popular technique of this generation. Today is your mentor, guys, and there are three lessons that I want you to learn from Dick Fosbury. You know, so just like I said in the intro, many of you have only known one style ever that high jumpers use in crossing the bar. So for those of you who are high jumpers yourself, except you're a student of the game, except you went back in history, except you really 
um, decided to to know about your sport, everything that it entails, then you probably would not have heard of the straddle method or the method where you know athletes use their bellies or they were face down as they were crossing the bar. You see, that all of that is down to Dick Fosbury. He was a guy who thought outside the box and said, "Hey, come on, man, there has to be a better way to do this." And of course, he invented what everyone now knows as the premier way to cross the bar. The first lesson, guys, that I want you to learn from Dick Fosbury is it's always crazy until it's done. It is always crazy until it's done. You see, there, there's always a way that your sport has been played. Um, there's always a way that you are going to be taught how to play your sport. You know, so you're a football player. You know, you are always going to be taught. Okay, this is how you pass the ball. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. This is how you head the ball. You know, if you're going to uh, perform or execute certain dribbling styles, this is how you do it. If you play basketball, you know, same thing applies. Then when you now come to the single sports, tennis, you know, and all the sports, it is always crazy until somebody actually does it. And you see, that has always been the way life is. That has always been how things have been. You know, people would moot ideas, you know, and because that idea challenges the norm or it challenges, you know, conventional thinking or what people are used to, it's always going to sound crazy. And if we move away from sports, there are so many of those examples that we can see. Look at cryptocurrency, for example. Like it is unfathomable that years ago, so what? Bitcoin is what? How many years old? 10, 12, they're about years old. You know, before that, it was unfathomable that there will be something called digital currency. And anyone who spoke about it in those times, we're not even talking about when Bitcoin started. Let's talk about a little bit before. The people would have thought that they were absolutely crazy. If we look at Airbnb, for example, also, you know, in terms of you letting strangers into your house to pay you not for the entire house necessarily, but they could pay you for a room. They could pay you for a space. You know, people thought it was crazy. Uber as well. People thought it was crazy. In sports, you know, there are so many. In tennis, there was a time when the single-handed backhand was literally like, what in the world are you doing? Then also the service motions that you see tennis players execute today was not always how the serves were always made in tennis. It was usually underarm. So more or less like you throw the ball up and underarm, you hit it. You know to the other side but when it became a power game when power started playing a huge role in in tennis you know that's when they changed the service motion and then you throw the ball up in the air and you try to smash it across your opponents you know for to get the point or to make your opponent uncomfortable you know and things like that it is always crazy guys until it is done and that's exactly what happened to Dick Frosby here? You know, so there had always been a way that high jumpers crossed the bar. You know, belly first, belly first. You know, and this was a guy who came in and he started thinking. Now, obviously, circumstances had to align for him to be able to execute. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. You know, but this was a guy who began to think that, hey, come on, there has to be another way to do this. And this was largely due to the discomfort that he felt in attempting to cross the bar. You know, so I don't like this technique. It's too difficult for me to grasp. It's too difficult for me to execute. He didn't whine. He didn't complain. What did he do? He thought about something different 
that he could do. And of course, when he started, to everyone that was around him, you know, there were newspaper publications at the time, you know, that likened him to a fish that was maybe jumping in water or, or something. Different levels of criticism. But if you look at the world today, what is one technique that every single high jumper you know at a point in time it wasn't even a technique that they all used you know so they still used to use the straddle method and all of that but i don't think today at least in the last what 12 how many years that i've been watching the olympic games i do not think that i have seen any athlete any high jumper use the straddle method it is always the first brie flop so it's always crazy guys until it's done what's that idea that you have that you want to execute in your sport what's that skill that has been ruminating in your mind and you know we've seen this with all sorts of sports so if we take basketball for example now the way athletes or basketballers used to dunk the basketball you know in those days is way different from what they are doing now now you have the windmill now you have the behind the back you have under the leg and all of that what is that skill and what is that technique that you've always wanted to execute in your sport, that you've always wanted to attempt, that you've always wanted to try, that you've always thought that there has to be a better way to execute this skill? There has to be a better way. What is that thing that you've always thought? You see, one of the reasons why you might not have attempted to actually do something about it is because of what people were going to say. It's because of what people were going to think. What would my coach think? What would my coach say? What would the spectators say or what would they think as they are watching this? What if I make a mistake? What if things don't go well? And of course, this is where mental mastery comes in. So at the time you're listening to this, you know, we just finished like the, the, the first batch of mental mastery and all the athletes. Oh man, trust me, like it was literally out of this world. You can have access to the replay videos of all the sessions. Just head over to athletemaestro.com forward slash mental mastery. athletemaestro.com forward slash mental mastery so that of course you can start changing the type of thought process that you are having so if the reason why you haven't attempted something new in your sport why you haven't attempted something different in your sport is because of what people will say then trust me you need mental mastery athletemaestro.com forward slash mental mastery so this lesson guys from dick frostbury is that look it's always going to be crazy until it's done you can be the person that would be the first to do this differently you can be the person that will be the first to attempt it in this way you see when you do it and you execute it and it now becomes mainstay that's when everybody is now going to adopt it and it's going to be like it had always been like that no it had not you had the courage to start it you had the courage to accept it and you had the courage to take the risk to get to this current point first lesson guys from dick fosbury it's always crazy until it's done number two lesson guys is mastery takes learning mastery takes learning i see this is key because just off of the back of lesson one it's always crazy until it's done you know this was a guy who invented this technique you know and obviously olympic champion became a superstar many articles written about him and what he was able to achieve and all of that and you see it might be easy to get off the point where he actually worked tirelessly on this technique so when he started the quote-unquote Fosbury flop the way the technique is today is not the way the technique was the first time that he attempted it why 
because he had to adapt it, he had to tweak it, he had to work on it. Do not forget that one of the reasons why he started the technique or he invented the technique in the first place was because he was uncomfortable with the straddle method. So because he was uncomfortable with the straddle method, he had to develop a technique he was comfortable with. Why? So comfort was at the at the heart basically of his attempt at this new technique so because comfort was at the heart he wasn't going to try it once and then he was going to achieve that level of comfort no he was always going to tweak it he was always going to try ways to get better with that technique and you see what another thing that he learned as he was on this process is that look as the bar got higher you know so as he was clearing the bar as the bar continued to get higher he noticed that he needed to adjust his takeoff point to be able to take advantage of the new technique that he was now using in the sport you see mastery takes learning guys i see so many young athletes who you you want to learn something you want to be a master of something but you don't want to take the required time to learn that thing in detail you don't want to take the required time to learn that thing in detail so it might be a skill it might be a technique it might be something about your sport it it might be anything you see mastery takes learning if you've seen anybody who has mastered anything that they're doing it took them time to learn that thing and of course that's the same thing with dick fosbury he took him time to learn this first brie flop he adjusted it tweaked it changed it you know he, he made so many errors and the fact that he invented the new technique didn't mean that he was never beaten as a high jumper by athletes or high jumpers who were using the straddle method no absolutely not of course he still lost but guess what on that his path to mastery learning was a very very key and pivotal way the way that he started the legs the way the legs flap over the bar now that you see with all of these high jumpers is not the way that it started when he actually attempted it because he was seeking a level of comfort because he was seeking to get better at it because he was seeking to improve it he continued to tweak it until he mastered that technique number two lesson guys that i want you to learn from dick fosbury is mastery takes learning mastery takes learning you want to be great at your sport you have to learn it. And of course, the final lesson is losses are part of the story. Losses are part of the story. Now, when anyone talks about Dick Fosbury's story, you know, they, they always start from the invention of the technique. So this was a guy who invented the Fosbury flop. This was a guy who we have now come to know as this person who has revolutionized high jump, you know, and changed the face of the game forever. But guess what? The part that nobody ever talks about in Dick Fosbury's story is the part where he could not even scale the high jump to qualify for a high school event. So the guy who was literally going to go on to be two-time NCAA champion, was going to go on to be Olympic champion, was going to go on to be Olympic record holder in high school, he could not qualify for a high school meet in high jump and of course literally that's kind of what led him to say hey look man i i need to find a way to get comfortable crossing this bar so that this type of thing literally or figuratively doesn't happen again and of course that coincided 
with the change that his school made to the landing pit or the landing mat you know that you had so at the time the landing pit or the landing mat you know now it's all foam and all these fancy stuff you know that the athletes bounce into and it's all you know sort of nice but, but it wasn't always like that it was either it was a sand pit that they were jumping into because with the straddle method you either land with your hand or you land with one feet first with the first big flop you land with your back so literally your head back all those things you know are landing first on the mat you see that loss coincided with a time where his school changed the landing pit to more or less like a matte foam type of thing and of course in his mind he thought about it and he said hey come on i can actually do this thing i can actually attempt something different because the parameters and the playing field has kind of changed and you see one, one part of the story that people also never talk about is that there was a guy named bruce Quande who was also an athlete who had attempted to cross the bar with his back facing down but guess what nobody knows about him the surrounding circumstances about why or not why he stopped or why he didn't continue to you know do high jump or use the technique no one knows but a picture was found of him attempting to cross the bar with his back facing down and of course that's why his name is kind of relevant when it comes to that but he never continued with it for whatever reason we don't know he never continued with it but you see for dick fosbury that loss was part of the story so you see even if you suffer a loss in your career guys even if things don't go your way even if you get defeated at certain points in that it is part of your story because that loss that defeat is going to change something in you it's going to add something to your arsenal that you are going to use moving forward that changes the kind of athlete you are without this loss that dick frostbury suffered in high school I guarantee you that we would not have heard of the first big flop as it is today. Why? Because yes, you would have crossed the bar and you would have felt comfortable with using that method. Somebody else might have invented it later, but it would not have been him. Guys, losses, they are part of the story. That defeat, it is part of the story. So don't be the athlete who, because you lost, I mean, everything literally turns upside down. Am I saying you should be happy that you lose? No. But you see, you have to learn from it. And of course, that's where mental mastery comes in. Mastering the mental game in sports and, of course, eliminating the mental blocks that are holding you back from performing your best. Athletemaestro.com forward slash mental mastery. Three lessons, guys, that I want you to learn from Dick Fosbury. It's always crazy until it's done. Mastery takes learning and losses are part of the story. Losses are part of of the story athlete maestro guys episode 634 episode 634 dick fosbury if you haven't subscribed to the podcast guys you haven't left us a rating and review i highly encourage that you do so what your rating and review does is that it improves the profile of the podcast and it tells other athletes who find the podcast that this is a worthwhile resource a resource they can use to improve their game in sports and of course, achieve their sports goals. And of course, when you subscribe, the episodes get downloaded automatically to your device of choice. If you want to learn how to subscribe, how to also leave us a rating and review, athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe. athletemaestro.com forward slash subscribe. If you have any questions whatsoever, send me a mail, tola at athletemaestro.com, tola at 
athletemaestro.com. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the show. Remember, knowing is not enough, you must apply. Willing is not enough, you must do. I want you to go out there, learn all the lessons you can from Dick Fosbury today. I want you to go out there. I want you to be a maestro today and every single day.